These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Too Smart for This. It's your host, Alexis Barber. I always feel like my little intro sounds so lame when I say it out loud, so whatever. Maybe I need a new one in 2024. We'll see. Um, I'm sitting here recording your guys' favorite episode of every year. I feel like every year I do this episode and you all eat it up. And I've got some good updates this year because my perception of goals, of vision boards, and of planning my life has definitely evolved ever since I started at Wharton and throughout this whole year of just everything I've done. So I'm really excited to get into my new principles and the way I do these things. Before we get started, I want to say a huge thank you for all your support of the podcast this year. A big goal I have for the next year of the podcast is to hopefully be signed with a podcast network. And that requires us to have a certain amount of downloads every single month slash week. And I'd love if you all could share this episode could give it five stars, um, could consistently listen, follow us on YouTube, subscribe, anything you could do. If you listen every single week and you haven't left us a review, or if you listen every single week and you haven't shared it with a friend, it would mean so much to me because there's thousands and thousands of you guys who listen every single week. And I really would just love if we could build this community into something so much bigger in 2024 so that I can create more content for you and we can have better guests, bigger guests, and I think it would just benefit all of us. So if you could take five seconds to do that right now, it would mean so much to me. And with that being said, let's get into the vision board and goal planning episode for 2024. All right, guys, I'm sitting here with my coffee. By the way, I'm addicted to my Nespresso. Um, I used to like think, ugh, I used to hate my Nespresso when I had a different model like a couple years ago. And then I got the Virtuo model and I really love it now. Um, and I have these pods, they're like the seven ounce like coffees and they just taste so rich. And now if I get coffee from anywhere else, I just like really don't love it. So highly recommend. And I have a code for you guys. If you want an espresso machine, I have a 20% off code. I don't know why they gave that to me. That's insane. It's such a big discount. It's 20 Alexis and I think it's valid until December 31st, but let me know. You should get one because it elevates my mornings. So I used to talk to you guys about goal setting and vision board setting in like a terms of manifestation. And I think it evolved last year into thinking about how you want to feel, not just exactly what you want to do. And this year, the way I've been thinking about it is not just like, what do you want for your overall life and how am I going to get it? But it's actually more focused on the capacity for which you have to actually go after these goals. And I think that I have always been someone who's constantly been wanting something bigger or wanting something newer or having these big uh, ambitious goals. I mean, you know me, I'm an ambitious material girl. That's my Instagram bio. And it's something that has been hard because I will have all these goals and then go after them and then you get them and you're like, wait, what's the point of this? And I think now that I'm 25, 
frontal lobe, frontal lobe girlies are up. The biggest thing I've realized is that timing is not something you can control. Timing is none of your business. Timing has nothing to do with anybody else. So when we're setting all these big goals, oftentimes we're thinking about numbers, we're thinking about the time, and those are things we can't control. And so when we're setting goals this year, something I want us to keep at the center of our plans is not how fast or what day can I get this done by, whatever, whatever. I want us to think more specifically about how we feel, our capacities and our capabilities to do these things, and most importantly, being consistent. There's so many things that we just put timelines on and when we, we put those timelines on, we create this pressure that doesn't make it fun anymore. And in reality, the biggest thing that's gonna build your self-trust, the biggest thing that's gonna make changes in your life is when you change your identity. This is a concept in Atomic Habits that is really, I think, helpful and just sort of the core of goal setting and changing habits and habit formation, and it's changing your identity. And changing your identity is incredibly scary. I mean, nobody wants to do it. It's terrifying. You always feel like, oh my God, like what's happening? Like changing your identity is really scary. But it's something that you can only do through consistent change instead of setting this arbitrary goal and thinking, I have to do this, I have to do this. And in that case, you're putting stress on yourself. Whereas if you're approaching it from a place of, I want to change my identity so that I can be this type of person, you're going through a gradual journey. And through that journey is where you can see so much more love and light and appreciation for the everyday instead of being so consumed by completing something by a deadline or doing something by X date, uh, because that doesn't matter because that's an old version of you. The person who can complete this task that you want done or the person who gets this accomplishment that you are so desperately wanting is a different person than from who you are today. Otherwise you would have it. So you're going on a journey of transformation to achieve whatever goal you're going to go on. And you need to be enjoying that journey and focusing on the consistent habits that make that person happen instead of focusing on just getting something done for the sake of getting it done. So that's sort of my mission statement or sort of my crux of understanding of goal setting right now. And now this is the process for how which I'm going to apply that to my goal setting and vision board creation for 2024. So the first is to define what this identity is that you want to create and sort of define what sort of things you want to do and then craft an identity around whatever those things are. So let's say that you want to run a marathon in 2024. Um, this is just an arbitrary goal that we're going to use as an example, but it could also be something like you want to get a new job and you want to move to a new city or you want to get a new apartment or you want to buy a house, whatever it is, think about those specific things that you want to do and then craft an identity message around what that person does. So say you want to run a marathon, but today you've never run a day in your life. The affirmations or the words that you want to be using to describe yourself are gonna be, I'm a runner. I am someone who takes good care of their health. I'm someone who replenishes my body after running. I'm someone who spends their Sundays going on runs. And from this, you can sort of visualize, or maybe you do it the other way around, where you visualize what your life looks like as someone who's run a marathon. What your life looks like as someone who is consistently taking care of their health so that they can run a marathon. Because Going from being someone who doesn't work out at all or doesn't really run at all or only runs occasionally to someone who runs a marathon is a huge lifestyle change. So you need to visualize what that lifestyle looks like. 
And I think this is the fun part. So what I like to do in this situation, if there's like a big goal I want to accomplish or something I want to do, I like to go on the internet and look for inspiration so I can sort of see what that life actually looks like. So I would go on TikTok and search like running vlogs or I'd go on YouTube and search for like my marathon journey or something like that. And this just gets you inspired in the first place. It gets you motivated, gets you excited about your goal. But most importantly, what it actually gets you is the ability to visualize what the actual lifestyle looks like, inclusive of the pain. Because with our goals, we're always so excited about how it's going to make us feel eventually. Like that's the reason any of us have any goals is because we think it's going to bring us closer to happiness. And in reality, all goals, everything that we get in this world that is worth it, it's worth it because you had to suffer a little bit. And that is good suffering. I mean, I've talked about this in my last, a couple episodes ago where I was telling you guys like growth isn't worth it if you aren't uncomfortable. And so that suffering and that discomfort is a good sign because it means you're growing. It doesn't have to be something negative just because it doesn't feel good. The only reason it doesn't feel good is because it's not familiar. And so you have to familiarize yourself mentally with what that suffering is going to look like because you know you're going to come out on the other side. So when you are running way too super hard and you have blisters on your feet and you're cramping up and you're tired and it's raining outside and you're running even though you didn't want to that's the suffering that's the suffering that's going to make it when you get to the other side of that marathon worth it and you're going to feel different because you went through something and you committed to something and you learned about yourself and that's the point of these goals and so when you are doing this research to visualize what these goals really look like that's sort of what you need to figure out and you need to remind yourself that this journey isn't going to be easy but you're doing it because you need to get uncomfortable if you want to grow So identifying what the goal actually is and crafting an identity around it. And as I said, this is the fun part because you get to research, you get to connect, you get to see what other people are doing in this space and see what it's like to really become that person. So I really love starting there. And then I like to sort of visualize what my what this really means for my overall like life and goals. So I like have done this a couple times this year and I think I'm going to be doing it a lot over the next few weeks of December is doing long walks where I just like dream super big because I've been noticing that my dreams have been kind of small and like the things, the opportunities that I've been getting have been just bigger than what I could have imagined and I've been selling myself a little short, you know what I mean, which is not cute. So something that I've been thinking about doing and that I think is important to do is to just go on a long walk and just daydream. Get your daydreaming up. You know what I mean? Get on Pinterest. Go back to that like young child you and think about what your life could look like. And then from there, like think about who is this person? And they're just so much closer to you than you really think they are. So once you do that, then you can identify those more tangible goals for yourself and then craft your identity around them. So if you're having trouble setting goals that are outside of like work out every day and get a promotion, then I would encourage you to go on one of these daydreaming walks and consider like what kind of person you want to be from there and then create your goals and your identity statements out of that. So once you have the real vision of what your life is going to look like, inclusive of the suffering part, the hard part. So for me, for example, when it comes to content creation, I don't love the editing process. And so if I'm going to be visualizing becoming a massive content creator, I have to visualize the 
hour a day that I'm just so annoyed because I don't feel like editing and I'm doing it anyway and I'm posting it anyway and it feels good because I did it even though there were a part of it I didn't like. Uh, This is the same with like perhaps it's your day job and you have to do something that you don't like but you're getting promoted because of it and then when you're in that moment you can be like this is just part of the journey. This is part of the suffering and you can visualize what it feels like to be on the other side of that when you get through it and you get what you really wanted. So then you, we are seeing like the ideal situation of like what we really want for ourselves. And I like to do this in a few different categories. I like to do this in the personal category. So like perhaps that's your personal mental health. So last year, for example, I did EMDR therapy to heal a acute trauma experience that I had. And I, that was like a big deal for me. So that was what would be in my like personal, like mental health category. Then there was like the physical health, which I had always thought of like as sort of like the punishment type of thing. But and then it came to physical health for me last year. It was going, getting my, it was getting my birth control removed and balancing my hormones. And I didn't have any like external or appearance goals with that. I just had the goal of, getting to a place where I felt better because I felt so bad last year. Like at this time, like you guys remember, like I had depression. I was 30 pounds heavier. I had been spotting every day for a year. Like I had a terrible experience on my birth control and I just wanted to feel good again. And now I do feel good again. And like just seeing that evolution makes me feel like I can do anything. The other aspect I like to look at is finances. And this is something that's really touchy for a lot of people, but it's something that like is so important. And I want to have a financial expert on the show sometime soon, but finances, go into that in that area. Think about who you want to be, what your financial aspects are going to look like. The next is relationships. Now, this is family relationships. This is friendships. This is this can be love and dating and stuff like that. That's an area I definitely want you to think about as well. And then, of course, career. Career is something all of us care so much about. That's why you're listening. You're an ambitious material girl, probably. And I think career is something that where a lot of our goals really sit. But this is somewhere where it's not always easy for us to control the outcomes of. So it's a good place to practice letting go and focusing on consistency as opposed to outcomes. Because you can't always control the outcome because of the plethora of different social dynamics at play in the workplace, the economy, etc., If you want to get a promotion, but then you end up getting laid off, like you can't be mad at yourself, you know, like you just need to focus on building skills here, building connections and building a network to go towards what you want to do, as opposed to like those tangible outcomes like getting a promotion. That's my opinion about it. So in once you look at all these different areas and this should take a while, you can't do this all in one day, I would say you want to spend a couple weeks really visualizing and thinking to yourself like, what does the healthiest version of myself look like? What does the person with the most fulfilled relationships look like? Think a lot about this because it's not going to come to mind immediately. And a good way to start like this, like thinking is thinking about what you don't want in these situations. So for example, in your career, let's say you really hate doing admin tasks that you don't want to do and you love strategy. So you're thinking, where in my job like, can I dig more into this like big picture thinking and get rid of this admin work? And how can I propose that to my manager in a way that works for the company and for her and for me? And these are things that you can't just think about one day in. You've got to like journal on them and spend a couple weeks doing this. So this is something I would start doing now. And then by the end of the year or the beginning of January, you'll have a clearer vision of what it really looks like. Then 
The next thing I want you to do is think about your actual capacity and capabilities. This isn't something I've included before. I mean, I have a little bit where I've been like, what realistically can you do? But it's more important than ever this year, especially for me, because I have so much on my plate with school, with two collective and with content creation, um, while also trying to manage my health date for the first time and stay friends with everybody that I love. <laughs> so I've found that this semester I dropped the ball on things. There were days where I forgot to submit assignments on time. There were days where I didn't text my mom back for a week. There were times when I neglected my health so insanely that I just got sick, making myself sick from going out and not taking care of myself. I missed, I accidentally didn't pay my credit card on time. I didn't drink enough water. Like there were days where I dropped the ball and it's because I was operating at over capacity and I was setting goals for myself that I did not have capacity to achieve and that's setting yourself up for failure that's a form of self-sabotage and at this point I don't consider it necessarily self-sabotage this semester because I really did come into this semester being like let's try it all and see what sticks at the end so now I'm like okay what do I have the actual capacity to do in 2024 like obviously in my mind I'm I want so much to happen but in reality what's really possible for me you know what i mean what's really gonna be taking place you know what i mean so it's something that i need to think a little bit more critically about instead of being like okay i'm gonna expect myself to do x y and z i only have the capacity to post one thing on instagram a week or i only have the capacity or i'll use a different example so that i can hopefully relate to more of you because obviously you're not all content creators but let's think about it this way you might only have the capacity to work out twice a week right now. Of course, like the ambitious person in you wants to work out seven days a week and wants to be one of those health girlies on Instagram. But you might be taking care of your mom who's not doing well right now. You might also be trying to make your job work while applying to graduate programs. So you might only have the capacity to work out twice this week and that should be good enough, okay? That should be good enough for you. So we have to adjust our expectations for ourselves and a good way to do this is by looking at the past data of what you've actually done. So I think like people always recommend that you like take a week and track how often you actually do things. No, I want you to just look at your past calendar. Look at all the times you canceled meetings or canceled a workout or this past week when things were really busy, like what what went out the door first? Like what were you actually capable of doing? And then be really honest with yourself and say, could I have done better in that situation? So for example, one thing for me that I want to work on is not eating out all the time. And so I think I've said this so many times on the podcast, but I would say like, I'm looking at the calendar. It's like, could I have had something in my freezer that I could have had that week? Or in reality, did I need to go to Kava twice last week? No. And so then you can look at your capacity and say, where was I actively incapable of doing more and where was I simply just not doing what I was capable of and so you need to look at those two things and be brutally honest with yourself about the realities of your goals and were you really acting like the person who wanted to achieve that or were you just hitting a ceiling in terms of capacity and so that's something that I think is really helpful for me right now because I'm looking at it and I'm like could I have posted more TikTok videos that week, no, I couldn't have because I was down horrendous. But I could have last week because I had more time. I was just being lazy. 
And so being honest with yourself about that is gonna be really helpful. And then from there, you can create capacity buckets. So I like this because it helps you realize when you're doing well and it helps you show up when you still aren't doing well. So these capacity buckets are gonna be your minimum and your maximum slash preferred. So let's say you're having a really busy week, but you have said that the most important thing to you this year is your health. So you have a really busy week. The minimum amount of nights that you cook and you eat in is going to be four nights because you know no matter what, even if you're having the craziest night of your life, you have some frozen meals, you have some things in your back pocket, you have some things that you know you can do no matter what on those weeks. And then your maximum capacity is the amount of days that you really would like to, like on a good week, actually get to that place. So let's say you your minimum is three nights a week and your maximum is six nights a week. So then you know there's some weeks it's gonna be, you know, shaky, you're gonna have some tough times, but you already knew that, so you're not gonna be beating yourself up when you have those weeks. And then other weeks you're gonna be like, yes, I hit my real goal this time, and I'm really happy for myself, and I know I had the capacity to do this, and I executed on it. So those two things are gonna be really helpful because now you're not mad at yourself when life gets in the way, because as we know, it always does. It's one thing we say here is it's never gonna be balanced. And two, you have this ideal situation that you're always working towards so that you know that you're capable of doing it and you are going to be able to step into that when the time, opportunity, and life matrix really allows for it. So I'm doing this in a couple of different ways um, where it's like my minimum capacity is answering my family's texts every day and my maximum capacity is like going home more than once a year. So there's things like that where it's like you're going to, Take this and look at your minimum and maximum capacity for every goal that you have when it comes to working out, taking your vitamins, going to therapy, doing your financial stuff, saving money, et cetera. Like what's your minimum and what's your maximum? That's really going to help, I think, not beat yourself up about your goals, but still like think about your minimum. If you did your minimum every single week, you would still be in a better place than where you are now. You know what I mean? So now that we've thought about our capacity, I think that it's important to think about how you want to feel as opposed to specifically what you want to accomplish. And I've talked about this before, but I feel like this is important because I, as well as you probably, have gotten the goal. You get the accomplishment. You get the recognition or you get the check in your account and it doesn't change how you feel because things are not fulfilling most of the time. Feelings are fulfilling, experiences are fulfilling. So this year, something I realized that I wasn't really feeling in this semester because it was so spread so thin was spaciousness. Um, And I didn't feel focused. I felt like everything was happening and I was just like running, 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 just trying to get it all done. So what I want you to do in this upcoming year when you're thinking about your goals, it's easy to think, I want to do this, this, and this and be a wellness girly and a finance girly and do this, this, and this. But I want you to instead think exactly how you want to feel and then cross like that with what you said you wanted to do. So say you wanted to feel spacious, but you have a side gig, you want to start a podcast and you want to run a marathon this year. What's the spacious version of that? Is there a spacious version of that? Is there someone who feels focused and calm who's doing all those things? And if so, what does that look like? And if you can't visualize that and if you can't cross-reference that and feel a sense of safety or spaciousness or calmness or peace with the things that your goals are, then those goals are not for you. That's not going to work. 
So I think that that's hard to reconcile sometimes. But when you think bigger picture and you remind yourself time is something that you have and that timing isn't something you can control and that you've got to trust your timing. So maybe you don't become a marathon runner this year because right now you seem to have like all these things are aligning for you in your career and you know you need to focus on that then don't add becoming a marathoner onto your list because you don't want to feel overwhelmed by your all these goals happening at once, you know? So I think it's important for us to not just think about what we want to do, but think about how we want to feel and remind ourselves that everything we want to do, there will be, we all want to do what we want to do for a reason. Like I genuinely believe all of our goals are placed within us for a reason, but sometimes we have to remind remind ourselves that it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. So I think it's important to remember, like maybe you want to apply to business school, but in reality, like you don't really have time to be doing that with your job right now and with taking care of your health right now. So if you don't want to do that right now, then you have to remind yourself, like if, if the things are not aligning for your goals to be possible without you sacrificing your mental health, then it might just not be the time for those things. And you might just be setting goals to be setting goals not because you genuinely want them and because they're genuinely for you. Like this year was a big health year for me, but it couldn't have been a big health year for me the year before because I didn't have the mental capacity. I couldn't even talk about my period without like losing control two years ago. Like it's things happen in due time and they happen at the right time for you. So if you have a goal and you want it to happen, and you don't feel like it's going to really be possible and it's not going to align with your capacity or with how you want to feel, that's okay. You've got to trust your timing, okay? You've got to trust that everything's going to work out for you in the long term. And if it doesn't feel right, that's okay. Don't set goals for the sake of setting goals. Okay, now for the goals that we really want to do. The intentions we have that are aligned with our feelings, the way we want to feel, the ones that are within our capacity to actually achieve, and the things that are like aligning with our bigger long-term vision for our life. Once we have those down, oh girl, it's time to get to work and it's time to plan. So if you have a vision of what these things actually look like, we can stick with the marathon example. What it looks like is running for X hours a week. It looks like getting X amount of protein and carbs in. It looks like stretching every so often. It looks like this, this, and this. Now you need to write down what that actually is gonna look like schedule it into your calendar and create accountability structures for yourself. So for me, that would look like for content creation, like making sure my editor is hired, making sure I have a really good, you know, system for submitting and changing content. Um, If for you, for perhaps you're applying to grad school or something like that, you're setting times for when you're going to be working on your essays. Uh, Perhaps it looks like buying a house. You're going to be spending X amount of days per week working on buying a house, you're going to be looking at different listings, you're going to be saving money from X, Y, and Z. These are all things that you've got to think critically about and come up with tangible plans for. This is not something I would do on the same day I'm daydreaming. I think you should research and daydream on one day and then you should have a planning day on a separate day so that you can more accurately like get into the nitty gritty of those details and put them into your calendar and genuinely take action on them. And then you can spend time visualizing what it's like to take action on them. And that's sort of how you start changing your identity. And then like I would say you have your bare minimum and then you have your maximum there and you want to schedule your maximum into your calendar and then have your bare minimum written out somewhere where you can understand like, okay, this is what I'm going to do no matter what and like plan your life around that so that you can have like a good 
you know, baseline that you're working off of, but then always aim for the maximum. So you aim to work out six days a week. If you only work out three, you're not going to be mad at yourself. And you have that written down somewhere so that you have a baseline to return to. And then I would say every quarter is when you want to check in on these things. So we have our plans. We have exactly what we want to do. And we have the days we're going to do them. We have our life planned out. We have our everything written out. Now we want to use the resources we have around us to remind ourselves of how to execute on those. So a little thing, a few little things I do are the following. So this year I really want to get into skincare and I really want to take care of my skin because I want to look 25 forever. And so I know that's an insane goal. I don't know. Get over it. I'm vain. So I have post-it notes of my skincare routine that are hanging up in my bathroom so that I, one, have that like visual trigger, like, okay, like this is what I need to do today. And two, I always found it so confusing. Like, I don't remember what I did yesterday, like for my skincare. So this year, I'm going to change it from just having the post-it notes to having like a dry erase board where I can check off if I did retinol that night or, or an AHA that night, how many times I gouache-awed. And that can be a part of my like goal. So that's like a little accountability structure that I have in my bathroom. Next, I have my Amazon little like my little smart speakers that I've talked about this before have my reminders on them every single day. Every morning it has a reminder to take my supplements and I get that every morning. It sends a text to me as well. So wherever I am, I'm reminded to take my supplements and that's now a habit that I have committed to and I've done and it's done wonders for me in my health and it's so, so, so helpful. So Use the structures you have around you to do so. Now, you guys know my Google Calendar hacks. I'll I'll link to the video where I tell you how I use my Google Calendar. Having those tasks and that sort of like structure and creation for myself has been so such a game changer too because now I know exactly what to do without feeling super overwhelmed. So once you have your plans, your minimums and your maximums, use the things around you. Use your calendar, use your planner, use your friends, your accountability groups, your connections to create accountability for yourself so that you can actually execute on these goals. And a good way to do, and so that's sort of like the tangible part of it, but if you really wanna make these changes, a good thing to do in the morning is to visualize that person once again. So we've talked about visualizing before, about how important it is to visualize who you are and what type of person you get to become through, becoming through whatever goal you want to accomplish. Do that every morning. Um, you could do the Joe Dispenza meditations. You could use the superhuman app like I do. And when you're visualize, when you have an idea of who that person is and you're visualizing yourself as them with the suffering included, then you ha- are, it's going to be so much easier for you to execute on that throughout the day. So having that little morning meditation, super key. Now, let's be fucking honest. You're going to fail sometimes. You're not always going to get it right. You aren't. No ma'am, no Pam. The world is going to piss you off. You're going to have a bad day here and there. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be tough. So you need a backup plan for how you respond in times of crisis. This is something I do because I had so many overwhelming days where I had to throw the whole day away because I couldn't process my emotions and I didn't know what to do and I was so overwhelmed. So I've talked about this before, but you need to have a framework for how you are going to respond when you're in a bad mental place, okay? So the first, so for me, Let's say I had a bad day and I'm really stressed out. There's three, I have it written in my notes app. There's three things I do. The first, walk. I have to, or movement, some sort of movement. The second is I need to regulate my emotions by like taking a shower, usually taking a hot shower, changing something new. Three, journal it out. 
or call my mom, vent. You need to get those emotions out of you. And now that I know I have those three things, and the other thing is like having a really good playlist where you just put on music and like listen to that. Having those four things written down in my notes app, it's like if I'm feeling bad, I know. I have the capacity to change my emotions. I have the capacity to deal with this in a healthy way. It doesn't mean that I have to grab a drink or smoke a joint or like do something that's like not healthy for my body, overeat, for example, or just like act on really bad, like from a bad mental place or take it out on somebody who doesn't deserve it. I know I know how to deal with my emotions in a healthy way. And sometimes that means I have to push something back a couple hours so that I can do that. But once you know you have that in your app, once you know you have that, it doesn't take long when you're in a spiral for you to be like, hold on, hold on. This isn't what we do anymore. We aren't going to sit in these emotions. We have ways to get out of this. I'm going to get out of it. So I do that for my little mental health crises. But you can also do this for dealing with falling off track. So let's say you fell off track with your meal meals for the week. What are you going to do in those situations? And what are backup plans that you can have in place in case you do fall into that trap where you do mess up? Like create little buffers for yourself in different ways for your health, in different ways for your finances, because we all know ourselves better than anybody else. And we know when we're bound to mess up. So it's important to think, okay, like for spending and finances, for example, like I get into this crazy spiral when it comes to travel where I spend so much money the weeks before because I get so overwhelmed and scared of like, oh my God, like I need all these things for the, before this trip. And then I end up wasting a lot of money. So something I did this year was I bought travel stuff like in bulk and I had it sitting in my apartment so that I could consistently just have what I needed there and not feel like I had to like constantly get, I got like all of minis of everything like in one place. So I didn't feel like I had to constantly run through that. And I planned my outfits and everything like more in advance. So I didn't have those like spirals of outfit choosing and not knowing what to do. You know what I mean? So those are little things that like you can remind yourself, oh, I often get it fall into this trap. Like what can I do to avoid this in the future? So I would start there. Um, and so think about your triggers and when you're most likely to mess up, come up with backup plans for them and then write it down in your phone for how you're going to respond when you inevitably fall off track. This is really helpful because falling off track also is different than your minimum. Your minimum should be what you do every week to plan and like execute. Like that's like what you like genuinely do and your maximum should be like the maximum of like what you want to do. Falling off track is when you get below your minimum and the list that you should have and the connections you should have should be for when you want to get back to your minimum and then eventually your maximum. Those are my thoughts. So goal setting, effective goal setting. That's sort of how that is the T on effective goal setting. And now I want us to think about how we're going to make some vision boards. So vision board making is so, so powerful because You get to create an image of what you want your life to look like. And I really like to do quarterly vision boards um, instead of yearly vision boards. I like to have a yearly vision board too, but my life, especially if you're in your 20s, your life changes so frequently. Like what you wanted this month could happen in a year or it could happen tomorrow. You don't know. So I personally like to do a quarterly vision board also because so much happens, you know what I mean? So I like to do a quarterly vision board and think about like realistically, because you can see the next three months pretty clearly where you're like, okay, 
what's going to happen these next three months? So on my quarterly vision board, for example, I have January, February, and March. Uh, January, I'm going to be going, uh, January, I'm going to be going on a European ski trip. February, I'm going on another ski trip. March, I'm going to Japan. Um, I have new classes that I'm going to be taking. I have a cool product launch for Two Collective. And we have like the podcast and then we have like TikToking. We have, I have certain brand partners that I would want to work with in Q1. Um, and I have, I'm going to be hopefully moving units in my building to a different apartment. Like there's different things that are happening in Q1 that I wouldn't want to have on my vision board. Like I don't want to have ski stuff on my vision board when it's summertime. You know what I mean? So I really like to do a quarterly vision board and then a yearly one for like how I want all of the like sort of tangible accomplishments that I want to have at the end of the year. So the financial goal that I have, the like Wharton goals that I have, like I want all of that to be on one big vision board, but every quarter I'm going to be making a smaller one so that I can be more focused on the goals that I'm having right now. So what you want to do here is make sure that these look really, really clear and that you don't have anything on your vision board that's just filler content. So for me, this is like, let me write out every month what I want to do in all these five areas of my life and then pull a picture that's dedicated to each one of those goals so that when I'm looking at this, I can more clearly visualize what my life is supposed to be looking like right now. So for example, when it's health, let's say you want to like for my for me, my goal for 2024 for health is to improve my posture and my core strength because I feel like my posture is terrible and I'm scared. Um, and I'm always having like upper back and shoulder pain. So I want to improve my posture. So it looks like let's put posture there. Let's put a two minute plank because that'll mean my core strength has improved. Let's put, um, a solid core, for example, I'm going to try solid or Pilates or something. I'm going to try one of those, ah, which is crazy. Um, let's put like your supplements because you're happy you're taking your supplements. Let's put a really cute water bottle because you want to get better at taking your water in every day. And then let's also put in the things that matter most to us, like our friendships, what it's like visualizing hosting dinner parties, things like that. So like I said, in all the five areas of our lives, our finances, relationships, health, personal, and career, write out what you want in that quarter, write out what you want in the year, and then specifically find a photo for each one of those things, even if it's something as small as taking your supplements, and put them onto the vision board. I do this with Pinterest, I do it through, this is actually really cool, I have a partnership with Microsoft. I think you guys have seen on TikTok and Instagram and the Surface Pro 9 um, using like Microsoft Bing features. You can have it create an an image for you. And you can also do this on Dale 5, D-A-L-L-E dash 5, I think, where it can create an image for you. So let's say like you don't, you can't find one on Pinterest. Just go use that and like have it create the image. It's really cool. And then you put those together in a vision board, you make it your phone background or you make it your computer background, your iPad background, or you print it out and you put it in your apartment, whatever it is, that's how I like to make my vision board. So we have a big yearly one that has all of our goals on it. And then we have a quarterly one so that we can more realistically visualize our everyday lives. Okay. So that's how I'm making my vision board for 2024. I hope you guys love this episode and I hope that it resonated with you. I really love making this one every year and I think that I have a really clear approach for how I want to set goals and execute them now. Whereas before I feel like it was more all over the place, but now like I'm not really focused on the external part of things anymore. I'm really focused on the consistency and the becoming the person that I want to be instead of the chasing accomplishments because I feel like we felt like accomplishments would turn us into those people we want to be. But in reality, it's that identity shift and that consistent evolving. So 
If anything, I hope that that mission stays with you. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this episode with someone if you liked it. And I love you so, so much. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself.